Jay Foreman Post Game Show. Sponsored by Tanner's Bar and Grill, Vinnie Krikak, Elway Power Sports of Lincoln, and Action Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Fool us once, shame on you. Fool us twice, shame on us. Fool us, fool us three times? I don't even know who the shame's on anymore. Fool us 29 times? Shame on the whole state. 93.7 The Ticket's post-game coverage of Nebraska's 24-17 loss continues. I'm Austin Norman. He is Jake Bacco. And we'll take you through the next hour. And the phone lines are officially open for you. If you want to verbalize and vocalize your thoughts, let us know at 402-464-5685. And, of course, the Sarder Hammond text line is open for you at that same number, as are the Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter streams. If you were watching on there before uh, the previous stream got ended, we did start a new one here for this next hour. Uh, So stick with us. We got plenty to come, uh, plenty more to say about Nebraska's loss to Wisconsin. Well, Bach, three years in a row now, Nebraska's played Wisconsin closer, played them tougher. This was a different kind of brutal, but the same kind of brutal by the end. Nebraska jumps out to a 14-0 lead to explosive plays that we mentioned in our, our little interim segments there during the game. But ultimately, Wisconsin finds a rhythm on offense in the middle two quarters. Nebraska gets nothing, only 25 yards in the third quarter. Near heroics from Chubba Purdy and the team at the end. It counts. You get the field goal. That's a good start. And then the overtime bug bit Nebraska again. They still haven't scored in overtime, let alone won in overtime, since Bo Pelini's final game. <laughs> There's a lot of things going on since Bo Pelini's final game that they'd like to go back to, but um, man, there's uh, there was once uh, when uh, when the Yankees were beating up Pedro, he said, "Just tip the cap and call the Yankees my daddy." <laughs> I think after ten straight losses over a decade of losing to Wisconsin, I just, I mean, this game, I've, I've kind of talked all week and tried to gauge the fan base to try to understand, like, are is this still a rival? Do you guys still have a feeling for this? And I just kind of forgot what this what this feeling is, even though it's so so common. I suppose the Nebraska losing to Wisconsin feeling just feels kind of helpless. It just feels it brings you back to you know a time when all this when Nebraska would have losses and it would just shock you. Um, when I was younger, you'd have two or three losses a year, and it you know be the end of your weekend, and you know <laughs> obviously be a talking point for quite some time. And you just never thought it would get this out of hand. And, of course, we've been saying that, and this isn't to pile up on Matt Rule. This is his first year here um, or this team. He, he, he mentioned how you know, some of his guys were you know, 8 to 12 years old when this, when this streak started. But as a Nebraska fan, 10 straight to Wisconsin uh, hurts. And what hurts even more is this, these Wisconsin teams aren't good anymore. Uh, you know, the start <laughs> of that stretch was like, well, yeah, they just can't stop the run. They got all pro running backs coming out to shoot. Um, Braylon Allen played well, uh, and he's a heck of a running back, but he was dinged up. Um, but it's, I just, I don't know. I, I, I feel especially bad about this loss than I do the others of the season. And maybe it's, you know, also the realization that it's going to be tough to get to a bowl game. They're, they're kind of squandering away that opportunity. You got the big 10 West champ coming in, but um, I don't know. I, 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 with these Wisconsin losses, it's easier for me just to pile those on previous Wisconsin losses and get myself quite down about myself for wearing Husker red. We'll get into this as more of a big picture discussion later on, but 
Think about entering November after a perfect October. You lose to Michigan at the end of September. You win your three games in October with the bye week. November comes, you're sitting at five and three as a Nebraska team. You just need one of them against a Michigan State team down its coach. Feels like it's just playing out the straight. Against a Maryland team that lost four straight coming into your building. Against a Wisconsin team that had the same record as you and lost to an opponent that, that you beat. And now you have your toughest test, the team that I picked to win the Big Ten West at the beginning of the year, Iowa coming to town. But we'll talk more about that later. Let's go to the phones. Uh, the Honda of Lincoln hotline, again, open and available for you guys here throughout the show. I believe we have, uh, is that Jim on line? Jim? Jim, how's it going? Yeah, hey, how's it going? Uh, you know, could be uh, better. Wish we had a Husker win. What's on your mind? Yeah, hey, uh, yeah, I wanted to point out that on that timeout we called, uh, we were down by three. It was at the end of the game before overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of calling timeout immediately after the play was over, we let seven seconds run off the clock. That hurt us. We could have had another opportunity. And I think it uh, kind of mentally deflated our team a little bit. When you, you know, when you have the adrenaline flowing and you're playing the game, you call timeout, you get your stuff together, and you go play the next play. We stood around, and I just saw, I could see it. I could feel it. Through the TV, I could feel it. They just kind of deflated, and then they did nothing after that. And then we had to kick a field goal. I think we could have probably scored had we kept that that rhythm going. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep, Jim, thanks. And not only that, but we, it would have given us an extra opportunity. We could run one more play had we done that. Yep, Jim, thanks for the call. Appreciate the thoughts. Could have run one or two more plays if you take that, that timeout right away. Absolutely. I was absolutely on board with taking the timeout earlier, but here's the, uh, the rationale for not taking that timeout. Let's say you don't convert on that third down. Okay, let's say you're stopped short. You have to kick the field goal anyways. If you've taken that timeout, uh, with like 40 seconds to go, you run on third down. Uh, Wisconsin probably calls a timeout with 36 seconds left. You kick the field goal. Let's say it goes in. Wisconsin has 33 seconds left instead of four or five seconds left. We talk about Nebraska last week, you know, only shooting for the best case scenario was scoring a touchdown. That's all they thought they were going to do. And now... You know, we, we went after him for it. Why weren't you conservative? Why didn't you, you play it safe and just take the field goal? And this week, the conversation is, well, why didn't you take the timeout sooner? Why weren't you more aggressive in, in going for the touchdown? And here's the thing. I was on board with going for the touchdown both times. But understand it from a coach's perspective, right? I think they did learn the lesson from last week, from previous weeks of we, we, we're imagining the best case. We have no reason to believe the best case won't happen because we have faith and trust in our team. But at the same time, as soon as we call the play and they're out there, it's out of our hands. Sometimes things happen, so you do have to manage for the worst-case scenario in some degree. Maybe Nebraska and Matt Rule didn't strike the right balance tonight. Maybe not the way I would have preferred it, but I can at least see the thought process. Yeah, you can see it there, and, and ultimately you got three points out of it. But, I I mean, I agree, too. I mean, the they started that drive with like three and a half minutes, and it was basically a two-minute drill. Now, this is not a two-minute drill offense, even with Chubba Purdy, you know, providing a little bit of a spark tonight. Um, you know, they just don't have the pieces for it. It hasn't been all year. 
But both both two minute drills to end the half. Um, I think time management could be worked on from the coaching staff uh, side of things. But I definitely think too. Like I get what you're saying is you'd leave some time left on the clock. Um, but I, I think especially the way that game was going, Nebraska was having trouble getting anything sustainable going. They finally had a drive, and they did let about thirty seconds off the clock in, in total with a lot of lot of. Timeouts left. They they could have just used it a little bit differently there. So, you know, Emma Johnson was running well on that drive. I would have liked them tried to kind of strike a little bit, but at the same time too, you know, I, I don't think they wanted to get too close because they almost he <laughs> almost used a word that DP doesn't want us to use. They almost uh, lost all the uh, lost the, the the first half. I mean, they mm-hmm. almost learned from the first half. Let's not like take this down to one second, or even if you have seven seconds and. You know, Purdy floats a ball out there. You might lose your opportunity to kick the field goal. So it was a little bit conservative, and I think that they can work on uh, play calling a little bit and, and time management, certainly. Um, but we can hear from Coach Rule. He's actually asked about that drive and play calling leading up to the field goal to force overtime. Or that uh, we got into field goal range first, you know what I mean? I wanted to make sure that um, um, – we had a chance to to get down. We were going to take one shot at the end zone, you know, kind of a akin to last week. You know, I, I felt good about the kick. I wanted to make sure he got in, in range to make the kick, give him a chance to give him a chance to take a shot at the end zone and go from there. So, um, looking back, maybe maybe would have, should have called that earlier. So maybe we had two shots at the end zone. But uh, you know, I know a lot of a lot of people ask me why I didn't just run the ball last week and kick it last week. So, you know, um, I thought we had a good play there. Uh, Billy, uh, he gave Billy a chance, kind of the same thing we did before the first half, and then um, kicked it. So you know, we got big, ran the ball because we wanted to make sure that we wanted to make sure that um, we were within within range, and then got the first down. Um, but uh, that, that was really kind of the thought process. I also don't know, like I, I also get the, the the shot attempts there. They don't have back end zone receivers. I'm sorry, they. I mean. Malachi went up and got one today uh, in midfield. Maybe he could become that, but I don't even know if that's the that's the play I would give. I mean, because neither of those were particularly close, and I was hoping and thinking that part of the idea was just kind of throwing those away. So plays like those you have to set up. You have to run certain actions or run certain plays to make sure there's only one safety in the middle of the field. You have to distract him, and then you have to throw that one-on-one ball up to the back corner of the end zone to a taller receiver. Alex Bullock, not small. Don't know if I love the leaping ability as much as Malachi Coleman. Or say a Thomas Fedoni, right? Can you can you keep him in, hit a little tight end pop pass, let him rumble after the catch to, to get you a little bit closer? Can you post him up, right? He's taller than Wisconsin's linebackers. Can you take that shot over the middle of the field, get closer, and then look for your big tight end when it's a, a shorter throw? Just put it out of reach of everyone else where either he jumps and grabs it or it's out of the back of the end zone. Those are the only two places for that ball. There are absolutely certain ways that Nebraska could have gone about that at the end of the first half and at the end of the fourth quarter. I want to touch on something else Jim said, though. He mentioned the offense and that not taking that timeout till late. You could just feel the deflation through the TV is what he said. Um, Maybe Nebraska scores a touchdown if they stay in rhythm. I get what you're saying, Jim, and I feel you. Maybe that's the case. I'll throw this out here, Bach. Maybe have more than twenty-five total yards of offense in the third quarter. Yeah, you know, maybe quarter. maybe maybe have a single sustained drive across the second and third quarters. Nebraska went from its first two drives putting up fourteen points until its final drive of regulation to put three points on the board. You didn't score in the middle. What fifty-one minutes and 
or 50 minutes and 57 seconds, give or take. That's just more of the same from this offense. So maybe the offense did feel deflated at the end with the timing, but you had two other quarters to work with where you could have done something, anything at all. And that's where the big plays in the first half were fun, but they almost feel more, more lucky than planned in some degree. And there's not a, a game breaker on this Nebraska offense that you can, you can go to consistently. And like we mentioned during the game too, the consistency isn't there for the team. So there's not always that spreading the ball around. Hey, this didn't work. Let's try this option. See if we can get five yards and at least stay on schedule. Wisconsin had energy in the middle two quarters. That defense was playing fired up. It wasn't a vintage Wisconsin defense all night. It hasn't been a vintage Wisconsin defense all season, but Wisconsin's defense dominated those middle two quarters, gave its offense a chance. Yeah, and, and again, it, it, I, I think that the spark was there from Purdy. I think even the announcer said it uh, on his big scramble. I don't know if the Wisconsin players like um, uh, definitely underestimated his speed. I mean, because you could tell there, there were guys that if they were running full full go, would have been able to catch up to Purdy, but I, I think they just figured that he wasn't that fast or that somebody else was going to catch up to him or whatever. And that happens from time to time in games, but I guess what, what I'm what I'm ultimately trying to say is they... As as Heinrich Harburg played and teams scouted him, um, he became easier to prepare for. Now, he also kind of got banged up. But I think that there's kind of something to be said about that in a game just setting as well, is that Wisconsin, and this happens with Nebraska's defense, this happens with all types of defenses. You know, you take a drive or two, kind of see the, the wrinkles they're throwing at you, make your adjustments, and, and go from there and become better, become stronger. And that's what Wisconsin did is per- what, what Purdy and what Nebraska was doing at the beginning was not working throughout the middle couple of quarters. Mm-hmm. It was very hard to find somebody open. I thought Purdy did a pretty good job. And, and I know that Jay and, and Nick already touched on, he's got to start the Iowa game. And I think so too. He did a good job because he didn't turn the ball over. And a lot of those times, you know, they did a lot of what we asked of them tonight and came up short. Um, but they did do, I think they did improve in some of those areas. And, and Purdy was part of that, was just kind of scrambling, getting out of the pocket. Didn't necessarily break it any, uh, you know, at, you know, too many, got a few first downs. But even that, that's fine, Then better than like forcing it or trying to throw it in a bad spot and having this giant turnover that, that changes the game. Um, but certainly I think there is something to Wisconsin kind of caught up to what Nebraska was doing. And Nebraska's offense was pretty ineffective for a, lo- a lo- big portion of that game. And in fact, obviously finished what outscored twenty four to three mm-hmm. um, outside of those first two touchdowns. So um, yeah, it, it's it was fun for for uh, for half a half a, half a quarter. I was thinking, hey, let's get payback on them. Let's beat them <laughs> sixty three to fourteen or whatever. Um, and, Seventy uh, to thirty one. Why yeah, not? Yeah, get that Pour payback. But uh, that was short lived. And, and and yeah, I I I think you can insert Purdy into the lineup. I think it can look a little bit better than it has so far this season. But I don't think it's going to be drastically better, not to the point that we saw in the first quarter. I'm with you. Let's go back to the Honda of Lincoln hotline. I believe we have John waiting on the line. John, how are you? What you got for us? Good guys. How are you? Yeah, again, could be better, but we're hanging in there. What do what you got for us? I think we have a quarterback now. I think the controversy has been, you know, should be done. And we didn't tackle well enough tonight. I mean, we had opportunities to Turned the game. We could add a couple sacks we didn't get. Um, the inability in between the first two drives to the end of the game where we just went stagnant. We always have times where we just go stagnant. 
and we got to stop doing that or we're not going to win Friday. So I got guys. Mm. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Um, touching on quarterback real quick. Yes, I'm with, with you, Bach. I'm with what Jay Nicker's saying. Chubba Purdy seems like he earned the right to be the starter against Iowa. That doesn't mean anything long-term. He's earned the right, earned the, the opportunity. I'd say opportunity more so than right. He's earned the opportunity, in my opinion, to start on Friday, but that says nothing about he's the guy for next year. Hey, yeah. quarterback question is absolutely solved. He looked good in his last drive against um, Maryland. Maryland, and then looked pretty. He looked much more in command and in control. Think about the growth we've saw from Trevor Purdy from Illinois and Minnesota last year. Is how hurried and rushed he was. Even the spring game where he wasn't all that effective. To today, he looked calm. He looked in control. Could have thrown that one interception. It was close on the sideline, a little risky, but he got away with it. Uh, the jump ball at the back of the end zone. Maybe not the ideal throw, maybe a little bit too much air underneath it. But those are things you can teach. You can't necessarily teach the calm and being in control nearly as much as just getting those reps. He looks more comfortable, and I think that's a big step in the right direction for Chuba. Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, I, I do. I mean, I, I, I have a lot more excitement, <laughs> I suppose, about this Iowa game than I would if, if you know, Heinrich Harburg or we saw more of the same, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there is an opportunity uh, to get the upset victory and, and go bowling on Friday. Um, be, and a lot of that is because of a belief that Chubba Purdy can just make a few plays. But that's, again, that's all it is. And that's all we're asking for. Um, but it is just, you know, being able to score 20, 24 points per game rather than being stuck at 13 or, you know, whatever it is, um, and and having all these turnovers. Nebraska didn't turn over the ball too much today. They had, the what, the one turnover on the final play. That which, was it. You know, that that's mm-hmm. just desperation, obviously, at the end. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that there's there are improvements here today. Obviously, you took a big step backward in penalties. Penalties really hurt Nebraska. He mentioned uh, missed tackles, a lot of missed opportunities. But again, too, it's interesting because just the way that the narrative can, can be written here is that the defense didn't play their best game. They had a lot of missed tackles, and they did. But, man, did they step up over and over and over again and give the offense more opportunities, fourth and ones. I mean, these were not – this this wasn't like – a lot of these were like up against it, like fourth and ones and third and threes. And they also had big plays where they allowed scrambles and Mordecai had his success. So it wasn't the best performance by the defense, but I do think that they, they were pretty impressive, like Sanford coming up for that hit in third and one. Uh, they had a few fourth down. Then the stops. stop right after that. Yeah, I mean they, they they at least they at least gave their their team some opportunities there, um, but obviously just coming up short. And and you can hear Matt Rule. I mean the whole pro game was about you know players being sad and upset and feeling like they gave it their best shot. And obviously part of that is the emotion, just a wave of going from you know the first quarter high of hey we're finally clicking and this is this you know we're this you know we just got to finish this and we can go bowling um, to just that loss and, and just basically trying to hold on to, to something that wasn't there, I suppose. Absolutely. Let's go to the Honda Fling and Hotline uh, once again, 402-464-5685, the number. If you have any thoughts, uh, you can call in on the Honda Fling and Hotline text on the uh, Sardar Heyman text line. William is on the line. William, how are you? What are your thoughts on the game? How's it going? Uh, thoughts on the game? I thought I usually get really upset every time I watch their games lately, but this time I wasn't too upset. I mean, the tackling was kind of, you know, we overshot some gaps on defense, but I just thought it was a tough, tough fought game, heartbreaking game. Um, you know, we got one more shot. Um, 
But if we would have kicked a field goal against Maryland, we would not be having this discussion. We would be talking about what bowl we would be playing in. So still goes back on Satterfield. So uh, Satterfield needs to, Nebraska needs to make a bowl game and all is forgiven. If not, it's always going to go back to Satterfield and his uh, uh, questionable situational play calling. Um, go Big Red. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, William. Let's go back even further. Had Minnesota on the ropes in week one. Could have banked that one. Uh, skip Colorado, skip Michigan. Guess what? Had Michigan State in a great opportunity. You let that one slip. And then you let Maryland slip. And then you let Wisconsin slip. Just like you let Tanner Mordecai slip out of your grasp so many times tonight. This is my frustration. I don't necessarily want to say with the defense, Bach, but for the defense. They hold Wisconsin on two fourth downs early in the game, and then they give up a backbreaker late. They have Wisconsin in third and longs. They do their job on first and second down, and then they let him scramble. This defense so many times is one play away from just planting its flag in the ground and saying, yes, we are dominating this game. We are taking over this game. We are carrying our team to victory, but it's just one play short where you hold Wisconsin under four yards per carry. Think about when Nebraska first came to the Big Ten. You hold Wisconsin under four yards a carry? You're rejoicing. Oh, yeah. There's a party down O Street. Wisconsin you know, throws for 160 yards in a game, only one touchdown. Good. Good job. That, that's really not that much. You don't turn the ball over throughout the course of the first you know, 60 minutes of the game until your last play of the game. Good for you, Nebraska. You did it. But this whole team, one play one moment short now six times this season yeah and it's not gonna it doesn't it makes you feel obviously pretty bad about the huskers history and now matt rule starting one and four in one possession games um i I, and i think that's part of the burn here too is you're just you're tired of you've been as a husker fan you've lived through this that's an entire scott frost era to continue into it for the first year matt rule is frustrating too um but I think that defense too. I mean, and, and and I talk with Terrell Farley all the time about it, and they they talked in the post game too about creating turnovers, and that's how a defense goes from good to great. But I think there's also just that element, and this is not a knock against the guys because they've they've had a heck of a year, and they've played their butts off, and they've put Nebraska in positions to be in these games, but they they still don't quite have that playmaker, right? There's not <laughs> the Terrell side. Farley, there's not the Levante David, but mm-hmm. you know specifically on defense. Um, you know, it's nice to get those stops and, and be solid up front, and they are. And again, and again, I, I I feel bad for even talking down on them because they've they've had they've had such a good year. And Tony White's first year, it's been fantastic. And but part of that too is just they they've they've taken kind of this mostly the same personnel. You know, moved some different guys, mm-hmm. and, and and different guys have kind of risen up to the occasion and played better. But. I think they're still kind of, and they've got a few guys in contention for it. They're, they're still kind of missing that playmaker, um, you know, all Big Ten type of stratosphere. And hopefully um, they can add that in the next couple of years and that and they can make the difference in these games. But, you know, that's just that's just my thought is, is maybe one or two of those guys out there could ch- take this deep because we always talk about the turnovers. Maybe mm-hmm. it would go with those guys is going from good to great because I think uh, in the annals of, of Nebraska history, there's so many great, defenses um and i think this is a good defense not a great defense ty robinson's close to that nash yeah. upmaker has had moments of that um javen wright 
had a really good game last week. Omar Brown has shown moments. But again, when Nebraska needed a spark in the second and third quarter, it wasn't really there. It just didn't happen for those guys. Made plays early, made plays late. This week, it was the middle 30 minutes that came back to bite Nebraska. We'll keep talking about it here on 93.7 The Ticket. Uh, we'll be with you for another 35 minutes or so, take you up till Sunday when we can officially turn the page and get on to Iowa week. He's Bach. I'm Austin. More 93.7 The Ticket postgame coverage comes your way in just a minute. Jake Foreman postgame show. Sponsored by Tanner's Bar and Grill, Vinny Kreekak, Elway Power Sports of Lincoln, and Action Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Back here on 93.7 The Ticket's post-game coverage. Nebraska loses to Wisconsin 24-17. That's now 10 straight Nebraska has lost against the Badgers. I'm Austin Norman. He's Jake Bachoven. Bach, Nebraska volleyball exercised at least some of its uh, Wisconsin demons earlier this year. They get that win at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Nebraska football not able to do the same. You asked, you know, is Wisconsin even considered a rival anymore? I don't think Wisconsin ever was. I think the Big Ten wanted it to become an important series. Um, at one point, when it was cross-divisional, and then when they, they split it into East and West divisions, Nebraska didn't hold up its end of the bargain. Now, the games have been closer recently. Um, you lose by one score in 2016, and then the last three all by one score. So maybe things are evening out a little bit, a la Nebraska and Iowa. But Nebraska-Iowa has bad blood between it. Nebraska-Wisconsin really doesn't. Camp Randall is a house of horrors. Wisconsin has done some not nice things to Nebraska in Memorial Stadium, too. And I'm bummed. Coming into the the Big Ten, I wanted Wisconsin and Nebraska to be rivals. Wisconsin was good. Nebraska you know, was basically at their level, if not a little higher, in the Big 12 coming over. I was really hoping Nebraska-Wisconsin would, would bubble into something worth fighting for, especially with Barry Alvarez in charge up at Wisconsin. It just hasn't. Across multiple coaches for Nebraska, across multiple coaches for Wisconsin, it's been the Badgers. Yeah, it's frustrating. I, and I think there was there was some juice to it early. I mean, the the, the flip phone comments from Corey Clement. <laughs> I mean, they, there was some there was some fun, but it never really was fun on the field for Nebraska. And it's just gotten to a point. I mean, like ever. I mean, Wisconsin's not the only team that's been beating up Nebraska. Obviously, under Mike Riley and and Scott Frost. Um, so it, it you know it kind of started to kind of blend together. Um, and. Just recently, it, it just when Wisconsin's not very good and they're still beating you, then you know it, it's just it, it it gets frustrating. But it's it's sad to me because it was something that had a lot of momentum when they when they be, when they started it, um, when they moved from the legends and leaders to the to West and East. Uh, Husker fans were happy to see Wisconsin in division so that they could play them year in and year out, and they thought that that could be a rivalry. Um, but since then, Nebraska has not had a victory. Um, they've not ever had the Freedom Trophy, which they they apparently that's just a Wisconsin trophy. Uh, Nebraska's <laughs> right. never touched the it. The traveling trophy. It travels from Camp Randall <laughs> to the football facility and back. <laughs> that's right. Um, and it, it, again, it, it's it it was it's been so lopsided that when the Big Ten uh, went to the new scheduling with all the teams coming in from the Pac-12 and they protected rivalries. They didn't even think about protecting Nebraska, Wisconsin, and 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 again, that's one thing. The other part of it is I didn't hear a peep out of Nebraska fans. Like nobody was like, "Hey, wait, you know that's our rival. That's a trophy game." Mm-hmm. Um, 
most of us just are tired of this feeling, tired of, of being in this situation. And again, this is this is not a Wisconsin team that does their traditional uh, grind you out and run you down. But that's what they did today to Nebraska, and it was kind of frustrating. Again, you can you can phrase you know with different different plays, you can kind of change the narrative of a game. And I think Nebraska stood up and got some fourth down stops to give to give. Uh, Wisconsin, you know, at least give their offense an opportunity is what I mean to say. Um, but the way that they ran the ball, the way that Mordecai was able to scramble, the way that Allen was able to get the first downs when they needed to, and then very much so the way they scored the touchdown in overtime when he's held up at the two and the in the in the Wisconsin offensive line just kind of push it pushes them in. You know, that's kind of when you get to the the talk of who wanted it more. And Again, I don't think it's completely fair because I think Nebraska's defense did step up in, in, in a lot of those moments. But that's the lasting image that I'm going to kind of think of this game is Braylon Allen, who didn't, didn't I mean, last week carried the ball three times. In the first half, carried the ball like three times. And he didn't break away and have this big, you know, Jonathan Taylor or Melvin Gordon type game on Nebraska. I think he only had like 60 yards. But he was just kind of there when they needed it. And then the other thing... It was just Tanner Mordecai. I mean, I I did not expect him to hurt us as much as he did on the ground. I don't think Nebraska expected him to hurt him as, uh, them as much as he did. And I don't know between those two, I, I would say it was probably the MVP of the game. Tanner Mordecai went prime Clayton Thorson yeah, all that, over Nebraska. <laughs> That's what happened, and that stinks. Braylon Allen, twenty-two carries for sixty-two yards, long of seventeen. But again, the two touchdowns end up being the backbreaker. Um, let's talk on the flip side of that with Nebraska's offensive line. How would you rate their performance today? Well, there's compared to the last couple of weeks, I mean, what's been really nice is not that they've been just dominating and, and clearing guys out um, and returning to the pipeline of old, but they had been making steps. And, the, and more importantly, they had not been committing uh, penalties. And today they went back where Prohaska had several. Uh, uh, Newilly had one there at the end that kind of stung in overtime. And, you know, so I, I think that's kind of glaring and that's going to be kind of how I, I, how I grade their performance. But at the same time, uh, they did, they did, I think they had another decent game. I mean, Purdy kind of helped with his scrambling ability. They didn't have their quarterback get shellacked too much. I don't know how many sacks they kind of finished with. And Nebraska was able to get a running game out of Purdy and at times Grant and at times Johnson. So, you know, uh, grading on a curve, I thought they played pretty well. Grading how you would just generally grade offensive lines, I would say it's a home game. But First quarter, I thought was fine, held up in moments. Fourth quarter, they had to step up at the end of the game, and they did. So many times throughout the second and third quarter, though, Nebraska didn't create any push. Yeah. It's the same defensive lineman. It's the same offensive lineman. Nebraska didn't rotate that much, but you have a couple false starts. You have a couple holds thrown in there as well that weren't, you know, brutally damaging like we've seen before, but just enough to get this offense off gear. And that, to me, Bach, is going to be the story of this Nebraska season. Regardless of who was at quarterback, regardless of who was at running back and receiver, the combinations really don't matter. So often, this Nebraska has looked generally competent for decent stretches of games, but not ever for a full 60 minutes. I mean, Nebraska had the ball for 31 minutes. They they controlled time of possession a little bit. Uh, you know, had more than Wisconsin, which I guess you take. But for as good as this offense can look at times, when it's clicking and when it's humming, 
It kind of reminds me of Nebraska basketball, where it goes on those, you know, seven, eight minute scoring droughts in basketball, where it's like, these are the same guys. They're running similar concepts. Why does it look so clunky now all of a sudden? Well, and I think, too, I mean, you have to have to admit that two of the the, the scoring plays that Nebraska had on touchdown were big plays. Mm -hmm. Um, So it wasn't like they were just putting absolute bangers of drives together that were, you know, great play calls and and well, you know, everything was well blocked and everything. So um, I think that's part of it. Um, I don't necessarily I I don't think with this personnel, I I would expect a a full game. I don't even know. (laughs) I tried to think about about an opponent that I could think you could do that against. Um, so again, the, the expectations are down for me and it's not so much that I expect a full game. I expect them to go through their lulls. I expect them to have difficulty putting 10 to 12 play drives together. So when they kind of get it, um, that's when you have to capitalize on those on those opportunities when they are scoring. Um, so, I mean, I, I 25 yards in a, in a quarter is never going to be good no matter what. Um, and so it was a frustrating and disappointing third quarter, but I think part of, Tonight's loss in totality, you did outgain them in total yards. You had more passing yards. You had more rushing yards. You didn't turn the ball over all that much. You ultimately lost the game in overtime. It's not like Nebraska played horribly. No. Uh, it, 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 and it, I, I think that as opposed to like a last week when you had so many turnovers, you know, you get that feeling. This feels Michigan like Michigan State a, where you're flat. Yeah. This was, yeah, this was not probably among Nebraska's worst played games. It just feels like a little bit undisciplined with the penalties uh, coming back. Um, and then certainly just kind of the missed opportunities over and over with sack opportunities or missed tackles that as we talk about that defense stepping up and, and creating opportunities for Nebraska's offense, a lot of those felt like backbreakers as well. Which that's another thing I think to get to. They felt like backbreakers. Good teams step up and respond, right? You give up a, a deflating, you know, third down conversion or a big play, you flush it. You find a way to flush it and move on and make the next play where, yes, maybe Mordecai scramble to get to fourth and one in overtime was the backbreaker, right? And that's unfortunate. But what about the other like three third down conversion conversions that um, Pauling's had? Mm-hmm. You don't try anything new on that guy? <laughs> you know where they're going to go. <laughs> they just run him out there as a decoy at one point, right? And no, no intention to give him the ball. And you still single cover him, so maybe you read that one right. I don't know. But so many of these moments feel like backbreakers for this team. And I think we talked about this last year and the year before, too, with these one-score losses and that continuing to happen. Good teams find a way to flush it, and they pick each other up, right? I get it. The defense has done most of the heavy lifting for this team, has lifted the offense up in a lot of situations. So, yes, most of the blame does go on the offense to, to shoulder a little bit of a load. Pick the defense up when maybe it falters a little more than the defense would like it to or fans would like it to. But at the same time, next play mentality. Just move on, right? You just have to make one play. Okay, you didn't make it. You have another opportunity. Wisconsin is still at the 30-yard line. Now, yeah, maybe they should have been punting from their own 15-yard line, but they're only at the 30. You stop them there with a three and out, they punt from their 36-yard line, you still have decent field position. But... For as resilient as Nebraska was after Michigan to go to Illinois and win, to to let that spark October, there are so many moments in these games that don't have to be backbreaking that we look back and say are just because one or two plays weren't made. Yeah, I, I, I how did you feel? I, I, I was kind of 
thinking about how I felt too is going through it is when Wisconsin took the lead. Did you feel like that, that Nebraska, because it'd been a while since Nebraska obviously had scored, they took all the momentum. I felt pretty bad about it once Wisconsin <laughs> took the lead. Like I felt like, um, you know, maybe this was turning and maybe it was ghosts of Wisconsin Badger games past. Um, but Nebraska did, again, I think several times step up on defense and give yourself an opportunity. Also, don't forget the fourth and one. Uh, they went for it on their own 42 in uh, a, a quick uh, handoff to Emma Johnson. Uh, that could be a play that if they don't get about it, we would be talking about quite a bit on this post game show. So, I mean, they did some things right. Um, and, and they still, and they, and they came up in, in moments that they, I don't think that they allowed too many of them to necessarily be backbreakers. Um, they had enough stops. Like you're not going to get a, every fourth and one, you're not going to be able to stop them every time. But if, if you <laughs> can do it half the time, that's actually pretty impressive. So I don't feel like they were emotionally defeated, but I do feel like at least from a fan watching it, once Wisconsin took the lead, it's just the momentum went so heavy from Nebraska to Wisconsin. It's not like they were ever playing not to lose because they it was the first quarter. Right. There wasn't enough time to right. kind of get into that mode, but it just it just started to feel bad. And then the other thing is, you know, early on in that game, they got Chubba Purdy going with short passes, and I thought this is great. They haven't been doing this all year. They're going to get them in a rhythm. And then eventually Wisconsin figured it out and, and the short passes were getting blown up. And that was part of the reason the, the you know, the drive stopped moving anywhere is, is Wisconsin kind of figured that out. And then Nebraska, I mean, just didn't have, when they did run deep routes, Wisconsin covered pretty well. So you got to remember there's also another team that's, that's trying out there to win mm-hmm. and do well. And I thought Wisconsin made good adjustments to what hurt them early. Um, and then just once they figured out Nebraska's offense, uh, they kind of went on the prowl, went on the attack, and Nebraska only had a few successful off- offensive drives after that. And it's easy to say Nebraska was slow to adjust. I, I think that's the easy way to go, and it-, it seems fair to say, but again, I don't know everything that goes into adjustments and what that means in the course of, in the in the flow of a football game. Text line, I want to throw a box question to you. After Wisconsin took the lead, how did you feel? 402-464-5685. The Badgers officially take the lead uh, with seven minutes, 47 seconds to go in the third quarter. I'll answer the question this way, Bach. Nebraska goes up 14 nothing. It's fun. I'm loving it. Like, this is maybe the most fun Nebraska football has felt in a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's Wisconsin. You're up 14 nothing on me. You have two big plays. That doesn't happen for Nebraska against Wisconsin. But I had to remind myself, there's a lot of time left. There, there's still 51 minutes of football to go here. Be excited. Pump the brakes a little bit. That was my same reaction in the third quarter. Okay, yeah, Wisconsin with 10 points in the second quarter. They're at home. They're feeling good. Um, you know, the teams end up trading in the the second half. They trade three and outs. Nebraska's defense forces one. Hey, maybe Nebraska's back in it. The offense doesn't capitalize on that. Then Wisconsin um, marches down the field. That was a 20, or it, they started their own 21-yard line, go 79 yards in 10 plays. That was a very workmanlike drive, very Wisconsin type of drive. You're like, Okay, Wisconsin's feeling it here. Defense needs to find a way to make something happen. But again, when they took the lead, it wasn't... My first reaction, of course, was, oh, crap, here we go again. Wisconsin's rolling. Does this get out of hand? We've seen this before. But I had to remind myself, there's still 22 minutes of game left. There's still plenty of time. So as excited as I was, was maybe as, as bummed as I was. But again, as just as much time as there was for Wisconsin to respond, Nebraska had opportunities. After that touchdown... Uh, Nebraska went three and out, gained only one yard. Uh, have a, a seven-play, 16-yard drive. 
they end up punting on. Three plays for eight yards end up punting before the field goal drive. Nine plays, 68 yards. Nebraska had opportunities. Just like you knew Wisconsin was going to have opportunities to do that. Uh, let's go to Walter on the Honda of Lincoln hotline. Walter, what you got for us? Hey, man, you know what? I, I thought, to, first of all, I was kind of confused on where was Johnson, the freshman, a good chunk of that game. He, he showed up in the fourth quarter when we needed you know, some speed, I think, after Grant got hurt. And my other question was, I really thought that Wisconsin didn't make those, uh, those adjustments. It, it seems like we didn't make any adjustments on offense. Um, it looked like we were playing more or less. I don't know. I, I didn't think we were attacking in that, uh, that third and fourth quarter like we were. Um, and then the other thing was, man, just, man, I think these kids are really hurting. They got one more game left. I think they can pull it out. The fans really need to show up next Saturday. And, uh, man, hats off to Purdy, man. He played a great game. Um, so I think that's, that's our quarterback right there. That's all I want to share tonight. Appreciate it. Thanks for the call, Walter. Thanks for listening here. Uh, 402-464-5685 if you have thoughts. I like a lot of what he had to say. Again, I'll say this on the adjustments. Within the course of the game, I, I don't know what goes into that, so I don't want to speak too much on it. Maybe that's a, a Jay Foreman question during Inside the Huddle or uh, during Old School on Monday. But you can see Nebraska trying a wrinkle with that option game, right? They tried to run that re- reverse to Jalen Lloyd. Didn't seem like the time or place for it. Wisconsin wasn't biting so much. The, the regular option run was being successful. But there's at least a wrinkle they tried to implement there. You saw Wisconsin blow up that quick pass to Billy Kemp at one point. Is there a wrinkle you can run off of that? Can you, can you run that inside like a tunnel screen sort of deal? Or is that just all that play is and Alex Bullock has to, has to get the, the block a little bit better? I don't know, Buck. It, it seems like, again, anecdotally, other teams adjust better than Nebraska does. But I think you have to credit Tony White and the defense for at least trying to make some of those adjustments on that side of the ball. Well, and I think too, it's, I mean, you just read out the play drives. If you, if you have nine plays and three drives, you can't get too creative. You know, if you're just not, you know, you're trying this and you try that and you're not, you're getting two or three yards here and there and then getting pushed back. And I mean, you're just, you're just not a whole lot of creativity that can go into it. And I think too, again, um, a lot of the plays kind of broke down into where there just wasn't anywhere to go. And so Purdy just kind of scrambled and couldn't mm-hmm. really get anything near the sideline, uh, whether it would lose a yard or gain a yard. Um, and those, again, I, I, I think those are good plays for Purdy not to force it and get a turnover. Um, but it's hard to kind of envision like, Hey, you, yeah, you want to take a shot, but if it's not open, then you don't want to throw it. And, mm-hmm. and there was a, there was a few times as the game progressed too. Where when Purdy was throwing it, it was into some pretty tight coverage. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of it, I, I think, is just not there. We always kind of look at the quarterback. Sometimes the wide receivers need to get open. Sometimes the um, the pressure, uh, you know, the protection needs to be better. And, and the pressure, uh, well, I say that word, for Nebraska, <laughs> too, at times, was just not there on Mordecai. Um, and, and that was a problem, too. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's tough to say with adjustments because I think, that this offense is limited. Um, so I don't know how many adjustments you can go to. Um, and defensively, I mean, maybe you put like a spy on, on Mordecai at some point, but he's not traditionally that quarterback. You shouldn't need to. Right. You really shouldn't need to spy Tanner Mordecai, but that's where we ended up. One segment to go. We'll put a bow on Nebraska's loss to Wisconsin. Any final thoughts you have, let us know on the stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter as well as the Sarder Heyman text line, 402-464-5685. He's Buck. 
I'm Austin. We'll wrap up postgame next. Jay Foreman postgame show. Sponsored by Tanner's Bar and Grill, Vinnie Krikak, Elway Power Sports of Lincoln, and Action Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Any final thoughts you have on postgame, let us know here. Uh, 402-464-5685. I'm Austin Norman. He's Jake Bachoven. Let's go to the Sardo Human text line here. Uh, Kent. Not feeling that great about things. He says, guys, Northwestern with all their issues, a new coach 30 days before the season, they're in a bowl game. Nebraska is not. Rule has failed miserably. If the Northwestern coach is in Lincoln, we're going to a bowl. Guys, Nebraska is up 14-0 minutes into the game. They scored three more points. This is all about coaching. Matt Rule failed miserably. Bach, do you want to take that first? You want me to? Uh, go ahead. Matt Rule will tell you it ultimately comes back to him. He'll do that. That's what the good coaches do. They take accountability. Pretending that David Braun would have this team in a bowl game, I can't say I agree. Did an admirable job at Northwestern, getting them to bowl eligibility. He did. Nobody predicted that Northwestern team to make a bowl game. More people predicted that Northwestern team to win zero games than to win three or four games. And here they are at six and a chance to get to seven. It's a testament to them. I don't want to knock Matt Rule too much because think about the conversations we are having about this team before the year. Oh, Matt Rule's year ones are essentially write-offs. You know, you have to figure out what they have. And it's been terrible at Temple and Baylor. And okay, yeah, he says his talent is better here. And maybe it's like a year two. But what does that really mean? We have to see it. Nebraska fans, be honest with yourself. If Bach and I sat here and told you at the beginning of the year that Nebraska was going to be 5-6 and six, heading into its most emotionally charged game of the season with no other context, I bet at least half of you would take that to take Iowa coming to your house a year after you beat them for a chance to go to a bowl game. You don't know what's on the line. You don't know injury situations for either side. But I bet at least half of the Husker fan base would maybe somewhat begrudgingly, but still accept being 5-6 and six going into Iowa. Not exactly how you drew it up, maybe with context, but for now, you're five and six. You still have an opportunity. Not all is lost, as disappointing as it is. <laughs> yeah, they, they, I agree with you. Where, where Nebraska was, like you know, at the beginning of the season, where they are now, um, you know, I know they they had that run right where they won five of six, and that's where you kind of elevated your expectations. Um, but you know, I I did think you know going into the year that they were going to have a heck of a time getting to a bowl game and here we are they've had a heck of a time getting there now they've been close I would have liked to have been wrong and they would have won you know a couple of these three-point games here um but you have to remember too you didn't it, you you pointed to it it you didn't hire Matt rule for year one it, they, and nothing on his resume says you hire him for year one you hire him for year three and I think that there are a lot of things that are you know the foundations being laid that sort of thing I feel pretty good about the long-term Matt Rule program that Nebraska has going, uh, especially considering you can just see You don't have to be a Nebraska expert. You can watch a game for a half, and you can see there's some deficiencies on these teams. So, you know, that's going to happen with most teams, and, and you're going to have to kind of fill the spots, and from one year to the next, they might change what that problem is. Um, but for a program that's been down since 2016, we can't just act like, Rule should be able to come here in here, snap his fingers, and all of a sudden you're eight and four. I'll phrase it this way. I don't want to tell anyone how to be a fan or how to view this season. I can only tell you how I view it. 
If you're going to tell me that Matt Rule has failed miserably, you're probably pointing to, look how mediocre the Big Ten West is. You should have beat Minnesota. Why weren't you able to capitalize on a year one like Colorado was? Um, Michigan State, you missed an opportunity there. Maryland, probably more talented than you, but you had them on the ropes at home. You didn't take advantage. One of the the worst Wisconsin teams we've seen in years. You were up 14-0 in the first nine minutes on, and you weren't able to finish. If that you want to put that on coaching and say it's a miserable failure to lose those games, hard for me to push back because Nebraska had those opportunities. But for all of those people, you know there's some on the flip side too, Bach, where it's hey, Nebraska's so beat up. Nebraska hasn't had a stable quarterback position. It's year one of a new scheme. They found ways to piece it together, and they've given themselves a shot at bowl eligibility. That's a big testament to coaching. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle for me. Yeah, just bring up the turnover stat and throw it in between those folks, (laughs) and they can have fun with that too. They sure can. Well, it's been fun for us here all day. We've been with you for essentially eight hours here. Uh, starting with pregame, Bach and I took you through some Husker hoops postgame. They won 84-63 to over Oregon State. Let's end on that note. Uh, for Jay and Nick out on site, for AD, Raf Farley, DP here in studio, Ben and Harrison. He's Jake Bachoven. I'm Austin Norman. Full, full ticket weekends lineup uh, for your Sunday tomorrow. Make sure you tune in, starting with Inside the Huddle tomorrow morning, all the way through In the Pocket tomorrow night. It's been fun. We'll talk to you throughout the weekend and next week. So what's, so what's, so what's the scenario?